Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Open your hearts, loosen your butts. It's time for couples therapy. Yeah, this podcast is Andy and Naomi's Where they can both laugh and hang with all their homies Talking excellent vacationing with brunches and cuddling To messy situations, shits and conscious and coupling From Netflix hookups to single them with some Hulu Text, sex, regrets, or feeling on your new jubu They gon' talk about it, ah, yeah, you are invited, ah Needing therapy, I guarantee, baby, we got it It's Hello, everyone, and welcome to Couples Therapy. My name is Naomi. My name is Andy. And we're a real-life couple. Real-life couple of comedians. And on Couples Therapy, we answer a couple of different questions from a couple of different listeners. Andy, I, can I just tell you I'm still watching the Cat Williams well, I was gonna, in Naomi, sections. I was going to say, do you want to address the allegations? <laughs> do you want to address the allegations? Now, uh, if, if you haven't listened to it, it was a, a wide-ranging three-hour yeah. interview. Yeah. He did claim you personally... <laughs> It was not John Hinckley Jr. who shot Ronald Reagan. It was wow. you who shot Ronald Reagan. And I yeah. want to know if I'm going to give you a chance to clap back, as they say. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Ice Cube has already, you know, addressed yeah, some allegations. Addressing allegations. Kevin Hart, this is your chance. Did you or did you not shoot Ronald Reagan, as Cat Williams claimed? You know what? I did not. But I was so honored that he said my last name right. And I said, you know what? Say I did it. Say I did it. Y'all obviously were joking. The man does not know I exist. But um, yes, he was talking about everybody. And I just find it so delicious. What I love is when someone gives no fucks. So like, I think what's very fun is this person where he's like, I got my money. I have my career. I have, I can say whatever I want. And it's just so fun to watch. It's so funny. And then the interviewer, Shannon Sharp, cracks me up because he literally just got to a point where he goes, Kat, you adopted seven kids. Why? And that's like how he asks a question. Like you just say something he's like looked up or heard or, you know, the gossip in the great writing goes, yes or no, right or wrong. Why? That's a little Marini. <laughs> and I think it's so funny. Sometimes Marin will go like, uh, you know, uh, so you were in uh, Flowers of the, what is it? <laughs> Killers of the Flower Moon. <laughs> Flowers of the Killer Moon. You were in Killers of the Flower Moon. Uh, why is that? Um, I. It's really sweet, but I don't think we can compare Shannon Sharp and Mark Maron. Okay, we can't. They're not. We'll not connect those two people. Let's get those two guys in a room together. <laughs> it was just so funny. You and Dr. Simkins. Why? <laughs> I just thought that was the funniest thing I'd ever heard. Who are your guys? Why? Andy, you said we had a comment. Don't let me keep waxing about Cat. <laughs> sure. Sure. I wanted to read this. Now, we got this comment. I just found this in my sitting in my inbox unread 
because I've been waiting <laughs> five months. This came to us right after the live show. Oh. And I'm like, oh, I'll read this in the intro. Oh, my God. And then forgot about it. Sure. And then in my between Christmas and New Year's, you know what? I'm going to clean out my inbox. Kind of panic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Kind of panic. Absolutely. <laughs> there's, there's way absolutely. too many. There's way too many unread emails sitting here i mean gmail's constantly telling me i need to manage my mm-hmm. storage and i said i don't even do anything i was like oh right i meant to read this in the intro to the live show episode but uh, i want to read it now so okay this uh this is entitled live show corrections Ooh. okay dear naomi and andy just got home after tonight's live show and first of all you're both so wonderful and it was such a treat to attend and i love the panel and only wish we'd heard more from you too yeah i think so I, yeah i share that i share that sentiment i share that sentiment i share that sentiment you're so salty uh, okay 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 but I'm writing now to attempt to head off at the pass a blip of misinformation that might end up on the episode tonight show. It did. <laughs> well, so if you remember, we were talking about EMDR mm-hmm. and Chantira, I think was going through EMDR and I have done EMDR yeah. in the past. And I think Paul was like, isn't that a Scientology thing? No, so, it's not. Our listener writes, ahem, EMDR has zero connections or similarity to Scientology Absolutely or any not. similarity right, to Scientology. Right. Have we been able to interject? We might have been able to course correct <laughs> because I was like, this is not right, but it don't seem to be a time for me to get in here and we on a clock. So let it play out. Uh, okay. So it was created in 1987 by the late great psychologist slash PhD slash APA honoree slash breast cancer survivor slash non-cult member Fran. Francine Shapiro. That's a lot of slashes. That's a lot of slashes for one person. Yeah, what is this? Uh, Friday the 13th? Go ahead. The technique has been studied extensively. Its legitimacy and efficacy have been documented for decades in big schmancy science journals. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, that's the first time I've seen schmancy written without fancy before it. So that's why oh, that's that's why I was thrown a little bit. Although I do like the idea of just saying schmancy now. Big schmancy science journals. It's a vital option for veterans, survivors of abuse, people with severe phobias, OCD, and all forms of PTSD, most notably CPTSD, which is famously difficult to treat. Also, if maybe you have a problem with your parents, (laughs) it's uh, helpful there, which is my case. (laughs) It's dear to my heart because it's provided much needed peace of mind after some nightmare experiences that remained unresolved after extensive, also helpful but less targeted, talk therapy. I have no direct connection to Shapiro or the EMDR community if such a group exists. I mostly write for cartoons and had the honor of casting and co-directing Naomi on an Apple show last year. Oh my goodness! Excited to do so in the future as well, hoping all the stars align. Wow! In any case, I rushed to write this because I'd hate for anyone who might benefit from this type of therapy to understandably recoil at Paul's open-ended, but also understandable, correlation to a creepy-ass soul-crushing cult. All right. No, I thank you for that. I thank you for chiming in. Wish we could have read that before the episode. You know, you put it out there into the universe. But we've yeah. already course corrected, and that's beautiful. I just want to read this last. You two are the best. Thanks for making this bizarre <laughs> chapter of human history a lot less terrible. Shelly is totes dead. And I don't know if they want <laughs> They signed their name, but I don't know if they want it on their yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By Shelly, they do mean Shelly Miscavige. <laughs> this is just to clarify for everybody. If you don't know who Shelly is, Google it. Um, but that's so funny. I also love how you always make sure you're like, You've got to read the comments, the compliment out loud. Like even when someone's like written a question, you're always like, say the compliment, 
first. Like, you'll make, whereas, like, I would cut out the compliment because the compliment is just, like, personal to me and I've taken it in and appreciate it. And you were like, no, I think everybody should hear the compliment. <laughs> I just thought I want to finish with this. <laughs> compliment. I just thought it was well written. No, it was. It was. It was gorgeous. It was gorgeous. And um, thank you for setting the record straight and reminding us to set the record straight, you know. Um, by the way, the never. By the way, folks does not look good for the butt plugs. I put up a poll. You can vote. Anyone can vote. I put up a poll on the Patreon. It's open to anyone. But I appreciate this. I'm glad we put up the poll. To me, I don't mind someone not... It, it doesn't matter if people don't want the butt plug. It's only a problem if I've made a hundred of them. You yes. know what I'm saying? Because then you're like, God damn it, I got to move this product. Y'all was acting like you were into it. And this is why... This is something about the internet and as we communicate with each other, you cannot mistake a few vocal people for a large group. And this is what we're doing all the time. You know, people are constantly interpreting information as like, wow, so many people want this thing. It's like, people like it. It's a fun idea. So it's a fun, but like it does, the people who've been like, yeah, butt plug, it's like, there might only be seven people who like to post or who like to comment. So it doesn't necessarily mean like there are a lot of people here for the plugs. If, I mean, if you can vote too. I'll leave it up for for a little while longer. Maybe but basically, if you want better. a couples therapy branded butt plug, if you want to see it made, and you no, no, will not see pay it made, for it, you want to own it. Okay, I don't need you because looking at it online in I, existence. I have to tell you, manufacturing these things is a logistical nightmare. Mimi has been looking into it for. I can't be done. Wait, when, when, when did you start doing the magnetic thing? What is it called? TMS. TMS. When did you start that? That was like August. in the in August. August. Yeah, in July. Yeah. Maybe. So she started looking into it yeah. then. She's been researching for and months. It is contacting creators, suppliers, sellers. People have written us uh, to say like, "Hey, I work in you know uh, the creation shipping. in shipping. Yeah. I work in creating sex toys, things like that." And it's still just for <laughs> for. This podcast, it is logistically difficult to manufacture these things, it seems. I think it's logistically difficult for anybody. And I think, you know, look, you and I, we can't sit here, brand ourselves as sex nag and sex nooch, and then be like, why don't more people in our listenership <laughs> want butt plugs? It's like, it all checks out to me. However, there are some members of the CTQC who are like, you know. The couples therapy quarantine crew. Maybe we should like adjust. Maybe instead of thinking of it as a butt plug, we could think of it as like a cat toy. I don't know. Is or that an option? Can you, <laughs> what if we branded it as a thing to for like a to replace spin the bottle? You <laughs> yes, spin, you spin the, the butt plug. Yeah, that could be fun. And then yeah, you just that's smooch. Fun. That's still sex, Nick. For me, that's too much germs. <laughs> well, communal, now. communal kissing. <laughs> no, no. I mean, even before though, like I was also like a kid when I was, you know, like I remember thinking I used to think, and this was me, you know, going to private school where I'm like, white kids would always like share drinks with each other, and I was like, white people nasty. <laughs> Like, when I was younger, I was like, what are you doing drinking off of somebody who, like, you don't know? Is that a t-shirt? <laughs> <laughs> Couples therapy. White people nasty. But that's, like, what I thought growing up. And then, of course, you would see people as they get older. Oh, you could try this or whatever. It's like, but I still, like, kind of um, am not as into it. I'm mm-hmm. not, like, a sharer like that well before, you know, a pandemic started. So it's just funny. So I don't even know what I'm saying. <laughs> It's a you. You would not. Start, how did this start? So you've never oh, done spin, spin the, bottle. the bottle. So Thank you've never you. done spin the bottle. You know what? Don't even edit out the fact that I lost my train of thought. <laughs> Let it stay in because it's like got to be real. It's got to be real. It's like about. So you know the whole left side of my body be hurting y'all. So I'm taking a sleeping on the other side. But now a few nights of doing that, and now my right side hurting. So the whole body is just a little confused. 
And so that means, you know, sometimes I be talking and then I just lose the train of thought. And I'll tell you this, I don't want to catch that train. <laughs> I lose it. I don't want to catch it. I don't want to catch it. I said, forget it. I don't know if we've Let talked about this on the main show, but we, hey, here's, here's the thing. I'll, I'll set it up and then I'll tell you, we... I thought we would bring it to the Patreon for this. Well, this is what I'm saying. I can't remember if we've talked about this on the Patreon or this, but basically our bed broke. We have an Ikea bed. We've had it for like seven, eight years. Yeah, since we moved here. The bed we got when we moved here. And uh, it, earlier this year, it just like started to fall. It, yeah. It was, no, la- last it was year. Last it, year, last you year, like had to fix it the first time. Yeah, last year we were just sleeping on it at like three in the morning. It just collapsed. Yeah, it just was like, <laughs> and then it was like, we were like half up, half down and like, you know me, y'all. I was like, all right, I just sleep like this tonight. <laughs> no, and, and Andy I, was like, get up. We got to fix this. We fixed it. And then earlier this year, again, another part of it fell apart. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and to the point where I have not, <laughs> I've been sleeping on the couch because it cannot support both of our- We are concerned. Our, it cannot cons- hold the weight of two people. It can't. We're concerned. It absolutely can't. I was, I was just leaning on it to pet Squee the other day, and- the part of the front started falling apart. Yeah, yeah. I told you, I go, Andy, you can't lean on the bed. <laughs> He'll come say goodnight to me. And I go, don't lean. It's so you know, it's like casual and cool and good here. But here's the thing. So we we've we've been like really delaying, like trying to f- like we've been researching beds and then being like, ah, do we really want to go into a store to look at beds? We finally did, and we finally bought a new bed. We have a bed frame arriving next week, you guys. This is huge. This is huge. This is, I, you know, I don't want to say life-changing, but whether the bed is perfect or not, it is a step in the right direction that we said, you know what? We shouldn't be living <laughs> such that Andrew sleeps on the couch every night. I sleep on the I couch the and you have terrible arm pain from sleeping on it. Literally a, like, the entire, like from like literally like, it's a headache. It goes down my neck into my shoulder all the way down to my thumb. From sleeping on such an uneven bed. <laughs> It is bad. And then I realized, too, my, li- my little hips and booty be hurting. Side booty. Because I sleep on my side. And I can't sleep on my side anymore. But that's the only way I know how to fall asleep. We all know this, right? People who were like, you got to sleep on your back. And I'm like, uh-huh. Sure. We're doing it. 2024. 2024. Get it done before end time. <laughs> that's, my, that's my plan. Get is that done. a t-shirt? No. You can get t-shirts, by the way. Go to the A lot easier to get a t-shirt than a butt plug. Yeah. And we have two new shirts, Hetty. Upgraded cotton. Very soft. Two new lovely colors. The Couples Therapy logo, of course. They look great. One of our listeners sent in a picture. We put it up on the Instagram. It and, looks amazing. And the Gotta Miss a Bitch classic, but we've kind of we've given it a lighter color. So these are two beautiful sh- tees you can get, Henny, just in time for Valentine's Day. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm trying to, every, there's some holiday to get something for. Two Bishvats coming up soon. Two Bishvat. Why not, huh? I don't know. Pick, a, pick any holiday. Pick a holiday. Arbor Day. President's Day. Pre- MLK. Give somebody a shirt and say, gotta miss a bitch, and say, in loving memory of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Yes. Because <laughs> we miss him. You know what? I'm insane. I think we need to talk about our guest. <laughs> okay. wait, but wait, go if you want t-shirts, go to the link tree. You can also go to the Patreon there. And you can subscribe. There's you can go to the poll. You don't have to subscribe to, to answer the poll. Patreon, yeah, you don't have to subscribe. You don't have to pay anything to fill out the poll and let us know how you feel about booty plugs. But if you want to join the page, five dollars a month, two bonus episodes. We just did a Zoom hang. But in the week between Christmas and New Year's, that was really fun. Yeah, Ron and Brian stopped by. Yep, ask Rana's very own. 
Rana Glickman and Brian Safi came by. We had a really good conversation. We did an unboxing of a very wild tchotchke collection I received as a gift. Um, and I think, too, I'm going to – I don't have a date yet, but, you know – I'm on. I think I'm gonna go back to doing some Zoom shows, doing stand up online a little more since I don't want to leave the house because I resent people. So <laughs> I may try to like get that up and running, and maybe I'll run it like an actual show. So it's like me and three or four other comedians. So it feels a little full, and obviously Patreons would be the first to know about that. And yeah, come through for that. So anyway, anyway, the point is so. things are happening on Patreon. Okay, so Patreon.com/slash Couples Therapy Pod. Come through. Yes. Okay. Now today's guest, Naomi. Well, today's guest, I mean, this was this was a real chance to get in deep, right? Because mm-hmm. we knew him in passing socially. I've been on his show, the one, the only John Lovett, host of the podcast Love It or Leave It on Crooked Media, which he also co-founded. All yeah. right. But this was our chance to really like talk to him like for real, for real. Yeah, yeah yes. I've been on his shows, like I knew him, but it was like, tell us about you. Yeah. You know what well, I mean? We didn't like, really, get into it. You know, we basically how we book the show is if we see someone at a party. And we're chatting with them. And we're like, oh, that person was fun. Yeah. We invite them on. Yeah. Which is what happened with John. We yeah. recorded this. This is one of the last ones we recorded last year. Yeah. I think like sometime in October. Yeah, we recorded this back in October. So it's a real time machine moment. So you won't hear us talk about the Cat Williams interview. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you a- won't hear me talking about my plans for Kwanzaa. Right. You won't hear me talking about my birthday or how much I love Thanksgiving. Yeah. So because you know why, guys? It's October. I think that's our point. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but this was a fun one. I feel like he really said, really opened you, up. he opened up. He was like, what you want? He's like, all right, well, he's like, we'll get into it. And I think at one point too, where he's like, he's like, I don't know if this is any good. And I'm like, no, this is what we do here. This is what we do on couples therapy. Yeah. Open heart. Loose pop. Roll it. John, all yeah. I really want to talk about is mathematics because I found out from <laughs> reading your Wikipedia article. Oh, great. That that's, that's what you got your degree in. Even though that's it not, is. look, the twin pillars of this show, romantic life and therapy, therapeutic life. Mm-hmm. However, as someone who was a philosophy professor who went through analytic philosophy, had to have uh, his own share of math under his belt to do logic. Mm-hmm. What I want to know. Was that a was that an actual thing you wanted to do? Were you interested in it, or was it like your parents were like, "You got to do something practical"? Hey, this is your oh, parents that's, who that's, no, <laughs> that's and, their voice. And I and I I'm thanks for getting them on the line. If that's if that was them or you, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, I loved math. I actually also really liked analytic philosophy um, because I liked that it's there's a kind of like brutality to it in that you're you're either with math specifically you're either right or you're wrong there's no you can't almost get it you can't kind of get it i felt the same way when i was doing uh philosophy as well which is that obviously it's more subjective but you really are trying to make a clean logical step-by-step argument that's what you're doing in math that's what you're doing in philosophy and i found that to be very useful in my speech writing life and i found it to be a very helpful way of thinking outside of math beyond that and i just really loved that that aspect of it and just sort of spending time like 
I would sometimes, I think because of a, maybe, you know, a, a lack of discipline, a lack of motivation, undiagnosed ADHD, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> I really struggled. I really struggled, especially in college. But I struggled before. I struggle now with taking on huge amounts of reading in order to process something and then figure out an argument to make based on that. What I loved about math is the book could be, the chapter could be eight pages, but you would have to (laughs) suffer over those eight pages. But everything you needed to know was inside of those eight pages. And once you had unlocked it, once it made sense to, once it made sense to you, you had it. There's a video game called Outer Wilds. Do you know Outer Wilds? Do you play games? Are we gamers? We're not gamers. I I play Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom. Great. And those are unrelated games, but the the <laughs> exactly. I was like, I'm absolutely not. No, thank you, but go on. No, but but um, this was a game where all the information you could ever possibly need is there from the moment you start playing, and the way you win the game is by learning more about the world. And math felt like that. It was like everything okay. you could possibly need. You're gonna you could see in seven pages or eight pages, but you're gonna have to spend like a week slowly, methodically unpacking it. That's why I liked math. Well, okay, you, what's your well, follow-up? What's your follow-up? Because I me, said... To me, that, that says to me, it, it, I, I resonate with that. It vibrates <laughs> on my frequency because <laughs> mm-hmm. I do not do well in gray areas. I mean, look, ther- now through therapy, I'm, I thrive in gray areas. I don't. But I did better, <laughs> okay? and But what, what that really says to me is that uh, you, you, there was something that that – settled you emotionally or intellectually or yeah. spiritually about having a definitive answer that maybe you weren't getting in the other parts of your life. But that's just a, a conjecture. I think that's I think that's right. It's also why when I did do some philosophy, I really was drawn to uh Wittgenstein mm-hmm. because it had that same kind of rigorous step by step uh, in some cases, explicitly step by step explanation of a point. I always think of um, I may I may say this slightly wrong, but it, it is something like the universe is everything that is the case. And I I don't know what it was about that sentence that really resonated with me, but it was this idea of what is the universe? Well, it's it's just the set of things. Uh, that exist or that are true or that are the case. And I like that for whatever reason that sort of excited me or like sparked something in me that made me want to learn more. Well, okay. So then my question on the other side of that is sort of like, okay, to me, whereas what you get is um, a methodology an approach. These are the facts. We're all living with these facts and we're all coming from the place of those facts. And like, that was the way you were like, do you find intense emotion in yourself or others to be unseemly? <laughs> I, I actually, well, what I was, no. Okay. I don't. And I do think that there's nothing more dangerous in this world than specifically a man who believes they are logical, but is actually driven by emotion. Mm. And, and I am such a man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, wait. <laughs> what? <laughs> No, but but I do I that like I say all that and I think that there was some appeal to it, but like you know, I I also am a very uh 
maybe that's part part of what appealed to me about it. But I am a very, I am a um, emotional, at times manic person. Uh, I am not, yeah, that 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 like my whatever like the failures I've had in my life have often been because the emotional and the enthusiasm gone, the discipline and drive and desire to finish the project or see it to its end was not present. Hmm. And so like I have had, like I feel like so much of what I've been able to do has been bounce between moments of enthusiasm and stay, keep myself from falling between between those mesas down into the, the depths, like the coyote by just like not looking <laughs> down, you know? Um, so no, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a careening emotional wreck. This is wild because even like, look, cause obviously certainly, you know, your work presentation, that's one thing we all know. We're all doing something at work, you know, we're all presenting <laughs> a bit, but like, also I think of you, like even your, when you're on stage, when you are doing the comedy side of things and talking, there is a cool calmness. You don't, to me, convey someone who's like, what's the word? Desperate for the audience, right? Where you're like, I'm going to say these things. You're not gonna Sam go- Kinnison. <laughs> or like, just, yeah, just, or does it have that like kind of, I don't, I just, like just the times I've seen you, I'm like, oh, he's chilling. Like he's, like, you know what I mean? In a like, good way, I, not look, in a bad way. We primarily draw guests from, have we had a fun conversation with someone at a party? We should talk with them on yes, this. Yes, and that's, that's what happened that, here. That's, Ooh. And so we've met several times, though, over the years. So I guess yes. I hadn't really crossed the threshold until our most recent. <laughs> but I um. So I think that like to to like I think I feel like there's um. I don't know. Uh, here's what I feel. Here's what I feel. Maybe there's a way to square the circle, as they say. Here's where I feel like I'm doing my best work, like as a as a person who synthesizes news and politics tries to be funny like when am i doing the thing that i feel like i am at my absolute best and for me it is when i am like using the logical part of my brain to carefully precisely articulate a feeling that i feel because i think other people probably feel it too and i always feel like i'm doing my best when i am doing that and then i feel like i get a response from listeners that say oh i was really appreciated the way you said that i hadn't articulated that feeling before i mean that's the feeling you have i think mm-hmm. like when you read you know when you're in the middle of a contentious dark period of news as we currently are you'll have these this swirl of feelings that you're not even articulating you're not even putting words to and part of the reason you're not putting words to those feelings is you actually don't exactly have them yet. And then you'll stumble across an op-ed or a tweet or a post or a book or whatever. And then you'll read something where someone had spent the time to think through what they were feeling and precisely and logically lay it out. And it's such a relief to see that written down because it is lending its... um. Uh, it's reversing the direction because, you know, look, I think we all walk around pretending like our sophisticated little arguments dictate how we feel about things. Of course, <laughs> it's the other way around. You know, we <laughs> we have an emotional response. We have a feeling. And then, like, we put this, like, frilly, frilly, beautiful bit of fabric around the beast that is our primitive brain and, like, <laughs> and then send it out into the world as our opinion. Um 
And I think sometimes it's it, like it's such a relief to see somebody logically explain something that captures how you feel. Yeah. Yeah. But where's this manic? Where's the are you just like pushing the emotions down? Like, what do you but uh, to give this logical person or are yeah, the, what's the, are the emotions like broiling un, always underneath and you are always this this measured person? Uh, yeah, how are we surface? managing it? How are you managing it? And I say this, and I ask this question too. You know, this is a question I ask a lot of people who, for me, you know, are cool customers. I think of you as a cool customer. People who do have to me give off a controlled, confident energy, and I and I am a kind of whirling dervish of a human who needs to be, you know, I need um active, constant, positive reinforcement to know we're okay. <laughs> so that's good for Andrew. So, you know, I asked that <laughs> To question. know you're okay in terms of, like, your relationships with other people. Yes, 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 yes. And also, like, am I being an okay human? If, you, if you're <laughs> nice to me, that probably means I am. So that's why I'm asking ask this question. You know, this question is not, you know, um, it's, it's as much a me question as a question directed well, towards you. It's interesting, though, because, like, I would probably say the same thing of you. Like, when I think of you... As a guest on Love It or Leave It, like you're on the list of people in my mind where I just know, oh, Naomi's going to be on. I don't have to worry. And the reason I don't have to worry is because I know that I'm going to have somebody on stage who's obviously very, very smart and very, very funny. But you do something else, which is something like I appreciate so much as a host, which is you're aware, you're sensitive, you're, you're doing your job. Uh, there, are, there are people who think their job is to be a great guest, which it is. But then there's another level who people whose job it is to make a great show. Mm-hmm. And like, I always feel like when you're on the show, I know that you're being sensitive. I know that I can count on you to see in my eyes that I've got nothing, that I don't have a follow-up. <laughs> I'm not sure where to go right now. I was thinking about something else. I got distracted or I, I, I went on to another question. And I know that like, you, you know, I'm going to fumble the ball and I know that you're just going to pick it up and you're just going to you're going to run it a few yards until I kind of get myself together and you can toss it back to me. And what I what I what I take from that is I think of you as being a kind of con- contained person in command of their own place, confident in their own ego and it's and it's demands like I that that, you know, yourself and that gives you great power and I, so I don't see the whirling dervish that you're describing. I see a silliness. I see it. But I see it. I, I'm sure I you do. It. I'm sure you do. But like I see a silliness and a zaniness. But it's also a performance of silliness and zaniness on stage from someone who has thought about how to present those mm-hmm. qualities. And I think mm-hmm. I do the same thing uh, or I do a similar – I do a, my version of that. But then when when I'm not in that mode – and it's funny because that is like – I feel like our t- we've 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 hung out at social events and we've been on stage together, which are two great places to not show absolute <laughs> fucking true dark, out of control, uh, uh, raptors on the other side of the fence, emotional chaos. True. And like that's not something either true. of you have seen. That's not something you're. Frankly, I hope you never see it. <laughs> right, right. So wait, how often does that does the Raptors on the other side of the fence, John, come out? So I think I feel like I have, I feel like I have. I think there's like professional version and and private and and personal version. Like the professional version is, I think sometimes like I am very intense and I can get frustrated, especially when like 
we're doing a bunch of shows and we're on the road and like I really thought I want something to be great and I feel like it's not great and I don't know how the words to articulate how to make it great or or I felt like I felt like we're not I'm mad at myself for not catching something or thinking of something and and like there's um you know there's like an old saying which is like there's two kinds like there are mistakes where the door is still open behind you and there are mistakes where the door is closed behind you. Mm-hmm. And I think it's when the when I walk through the door and it closes behind me and I realize that I fucked up or that something isn't what I wanted to be. And then rather, th- I think some, I think what I am learning as I get older is like, okay, you, what are you trying to do in this moment? Do you want other people to feel as bad as you do? Or do you want to fix it or find mm-hmm. the best way to make sure it doesn't happen in the future? And I think sometimes... Um, I have in in like, I think sometimes in my relationships, I have a when I'm like upset, I redound to, well, there's no good answer here, so we're all getting down in the muck where I'm at. Like, let's all get, hey everybody, hey everybody, yep. what are you doing? You want to get miserable? Let's get miserable. I think sometimes that's a, I think like a bad reaction. And yeah, I do that in my you know, I, but like that's something you know you learn. Like it's like yeah. okay, like and I know it's like. It's like that. It's a like that is a trigger for me, you know, just sort of like, a, a, and and I think it's actually based on like part of our conversation, which is it's it's because I feel guilty about the times in my life where because I didn't focus enough, or I was a whirling dervish, or I was not paying attention, or I was lazy or undisciplined or or um, unfocused that I didn't do my best, or I missed an opportunity, or I fucked up something, and so that makes me nervous that I'm doing that thing again and then I get kind of elevated and then I'm in that state and I'm not thinking as clearly as I'd want to, you know? And like, Mm. that's something I've kind of had to learn how to like, how do I stop that? Or how do I catch, how do I in the moment see that that's something that I'm feeling and like, and wait, just wait, just Mm -hmm. wait, just chill. Let it just chill for a second and let that feeling, that fear feeling or anxiety feeling, let that settle um, and that's something I think like, like that's one example. And then I think sometimes like I am, <laughs> I'm a, uh, like, I think that like, um, interacting with people who have, um, secure attachment feels like interacting with, I don't know, an alien, like Thank an actual, a, a space creature. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, what do you mean? We're not going to play games. Right. What are right, we here right. to do? <laughs> Uh, are we going on a, oh, you're just going to respond immediately? Right, right. You had a great time? You'd like to do it again? Yep. Yeah. Okay. If you guys could see Levitt's expression right now, it is a mood and accurate. Yeah. What would you describe? Let's go around the horn. How, John, how would you describe your own? Because your hand, your your head is in your hand almost impishly, but it's yeah impish but weary, but weary, and that's the brand, and that's the brand, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wait, okay. So, are you a therapy person? Have you been in therapy? Are you in therapy? Oh is yes. that Okay. Okay. I'm a therapy. For how long? Boy. When did that I'm start for you? I've I've dipped in and out. I I went very briefly in college. Didn't take. Didn't take. <laughs> I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. You know, my, my, my ther- the, the part of my brain that needed to have the kind of whatever it was, uh, it was like the wrong cables, you know, like I just, my brain hadn't been updated to the kind of uh-huh. cable where therapy could plug in. So it's like, I, that therapist could have 
They could have tried a USB-C. They could have tried an <laughs> HDMI. It wasn't going to plug into my fucking brain. There was nowhere for it to go. It was the I had the 12-pin old iPhone up there. This guy got <laughs> this guy had lightning. It was never going to work. But then I did there be I was I had this period. Basically, I realized like I was I graduated from college. I didn't even really think one piece of advice I try to give and I don't not that I have some great perspective that I think is any way in any way useful, but I definitely think this is something that I wish I had heard when I was younger, which is think less about what you want to be and think more about what you want to be doing. Like, don't imagine, like, oh, you want to go to law school? Is it because you want to call yourself a lawyer or is it because you want to be a lawyer, right? Like, what do you mm-hmm. want to, what is your day going to look like? Imagine the emails. <laughs> Everybody needs when they're thinking about their future, they got to think about the kind of emails they're going to get and the kind of emails they're going to have to respond to. But I didn't do that at all. And I just I was so I think as like, you know, a classic best little gay boy uh, <laughs> in the world, I was so focused on these sort of exterior, these external validation that I was so focused on this external validation that like it wasn't that I didn't like or dislike what I was doing. The thought never occurred to me. Right. My my experience of the world wasn't something I thought about. Why am I playing the drums? Do I like playing the drums? I, I didn't even occur to me to question whether or not I liked playing the drums. That mm. wasn't the reason a person does a thing. You do a thing to get to the next thing. Why am I going to this college? It's the best college I can get into. Honestly, why am I studying math? Well, it seems I'm good at it. Mm-hmm. And I did, you know, obviously I think this is a narrative that's too clean. You're putting, it, putting a whole story on the past, but... I think stepping back from it, it wasn't until, so I graduate college, I, I volunteer and intern in politics, I get a job in politics, I, I very quickly get a speechwriting job, that leads to another speechwriting job. Suddenly, I have this incredible job that I had thought about purely from an ambition point of view, not a desire point of view. I don't like, or I didn't really like writing, but I became this presidential speechwriter, an amazing thing to be. And I don't know that I got as much joy out of it as I should because it wasn't about that. It was always about the next thing. And suddenly I realized like, oh, the little part of my brain that imagines the future I want, it hasn't, it's left politics. It's now in comedy. It's now, it's now doing other things. And it wasn't until I'm now like, basically I was 30. I had had these incredible career experiences. I'd been a, I'd been a speechwriter. I'd been a presidential speechwriter. I created a network TV show which is a, an amazing thing to get to do, uh, which I couldn't appreciate at the time, A, I, I, because I couldn't have appreciated anything, and B, because it happened for me in the luckiest way a person could have something happen to them. And that gets canceled, and then all of a sudden I'm in a duplex apartment in Los Angeles, slowly depleting the 1600 pen money, and I don't know why I'm there, I don't know what I want to do, and so all, I, I hadn't really thought about it. I wrote another pilot, which was fine. I didn't really like doing that. Anyway, I realized that like, oh, I'm like really depressed. Mm-hmm. I'm very depressed and I don't really care about really anything at this point. I don't know, I have no motivation whatsoever. And so that was the first time I did any kind of therapy. And I, And again, it was another situation where it was like, the therapist kept trying to plug into my brain and my brain was like, what are you, you don't fit in here. You don't have access to this. 
because I remember saying something to that therapist that was like, it was something along the lines of like, what's the difference no matter what? It was just sort of like, it was, it was as silly and small and childish and immature a notion as like, what's the difference? We're all going to die anyway. And I remember yeah. the therapist, Ooh. remember the therapist saying to me, yes, but you're alive now. And I truly was like, so? And she's <laughs> like, because, because your experience right now matters. How you feel about it now, your experience of it, do you enjoy it? Are you having good moments? Like that can be the goal in and of itself. And it truly, like at that time, I was like, I don't, you don't even, you're not even making sense to me, lady. <laughs> uh-huh. I can't f- understand what you're talking about. I just am sad because my career is not where I want it to be because my show was canceled. And she's like, oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Um, So that was my first experience uh, with therapy. And then I I sort of got out of that funk. I think I I think, you know, I think started things that period of examination, that period of having like basically I was going so hard without even having a moment to contemplate anything until uh-huh. I turned about 30. And that period of time where things quieted down, I think that was a big moment of, of like mature maturation for me. So how long did you end up sticking with that therapist? Cause I just, cause also too, like when you say that too, it's, you know, that also sounds to me like the depression talking, right? When you go, well, what's the point? We're all going to die. Yeah. Wait, is it, is it like a, de- is it a situational depression, like an existential crisis type thing? Or was it, was it also like intersecting with like a biological kind of like chemical thing too? So here's here's where what I now looking back on it feel, which is I don't think I understood there was another way to be. I think this was an acute and deep. I had a I had an acute and deep kind of depression that I that got to the point where I needed to address it. Uh, there's those um there's an analogy there's a name for this there's a name for this um, phenomenon which is. So if you live within a mile, if you live a mile from your office, you walk, takes 20 minutes. If you live two miles from your office, you bike, takes 10 minutes. Moving further away, turns out, leads to a better outcome. And so there, I think there are moments where, and, and the, the people use that as an analogy for say, if your job is just okay, you might not quit. But if your job got much worse, you might quit and find an even better one. And so sometimes things have to get worse for things to get better. And mm-hmm. for me, things had to get worse so that I could realize things could get better. That's what happened then. And what I've come to see now, as long as we're getting into it, is I was depressed the whole time. I didn't have another mm-hmm. way of being. I didn't know there was another way of moving through the world. That's just what it being a person was. So of course I wasn't taking joy in any of these pursuits or these achievements or these things that were happening to me. I didn't understand how to find joy in those things. I was, uh, I was living with depression from the time I was probably a kid or like a teen mm-hmm. all the way through my 20s and honestly all the way through my 30s because I, I basically ghosted that therapist, not because I had decided to stop, but because I just didn't respond once and then I didn't respond again and then Mm I kept careening through existence and it wasn't until the same to something similar happened during the pandemic where I got really low again in a way that I actually had to deal with that I finally addressed it and I'd finally updated my software to receive 
therapy in a way that was actually useful. And so basically since I would say like mid, I've been now in therapy, that problem, that the, 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 the post 1600 pen funk probably was like maybe six months. Now I've been doing it for two to three years, I guess. Mm -hmm. And it's really helped. And there's, um, there's a great essay. It was in Esquire. It's pretentious to say, but whatever, deal with it. It was by <laughs> F. Scott Fitzgerald, and it's called The Crack Up. It has some racism in it, and that's not my fault. Uh, but, <laughs> but it has this – basically, he wrote this series of pieces. I guess they've all now been collected into one longer piece, but clearly didn't have the language at the time for clinical, serious, debilitating depression – clearly has substance abuse issues, but he's describing what amounts to depression in a really interesting way, in part because there were no words for it. Mm-hmm. And he talks about um, about just basically staying in bed all day, ruminating over past failures, uh, moments in his life when he was snubbed by those who are not his better in character or ability, which I think about all the time. <laughs> And because we all do. And he talked mm-hmm. about how he would go to, because he had never done anything very heroic, he would, to fall asleep, he'd imagine being a football star or a war hero. Like all these little things that like kind of the ways he would kind of get through his his um, depression. But then he says, um, I, and then I got a little better and I cracked like a plate when I heard the news. <laughs> and I, and that that is sort of what happened to me is I got really, it was worse than I realized in part because that's, I think, the the trick depression can play on you. And then I got a little better and I cracked like a plate when I heard the news. And I think it wasn't until post-pandemic, really the last two years, where I realized like, oh, I've been depressed the whole time. Mm -hmm. I was depressed the whole time. And I was in my car listening to music and music is now the way I kind of check. It's my like, you know, in the movie Inception where you spin the top to see if you're still asleep. Like for me, like in the morning, turning on music in my car, if I can have that moment of like, what a great day. The music is playing and I'm feeling good. An experience I did not have until I was 40 years old. Yep. Like that is how I check. And I'm like, you're still, I'm like, we're still, hey, still, we're still cruising. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Wow. Oh my God. I mean, I hear, I feel all this, you know, somebody, I, I live in depression mode. I'm in it deep now. I tried TMS. It's where they put a magnet on your brain five days a week for oh, really? seven weeks. Didn't work. So I'm back to being We've still got another, mad about it. We still got another week or two to fight because it could take about a month after. So you finished it, what, two weeks ago? Yep. It was, okay, yep. so we got another two. So <laughs> hold on. In two weeks, maybe you can make that pronouncement definitively. Can, can you just tell me? What you have to go somewhere? Yes, and it's electromagnets. Yep. So they put something around your head, and then they yeah. say, it's like "Here on we go." Top of it. Yep, and it's like, and you hear like you feel like a little. How does it feel in the moment? It is. It is a little uncomfortable because you address. You know, they are adjusting um, the levels of it, sort of like how much intensity you can take. I found that when they were on my depression side, like just. It's also too about that perfect placement. Certain placements would really hmm. kind of hurt my head. It was really like more. I didn't. I didn't think it was gonna hurt at all. So I was like very thrown and like a little frustrated by the pain I was getting. But 
you know, that is the worst side effect is like a bit of a headache, you know, you can get during and after. And it's about 30 minutes. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> do you see do you see different colors when they hit that when they turn it on? Like, does it like does it like activate? No. Hmm. No, nothing. Like that's the thing. So we, like, that's the thing. It's like okay, like, and that's the thing too. It was such an act of faith, right? Because I'm going in there and I'm like, okay, you put the thing on my head and it felt like a bit of a woodpecker, and I guess it's gonna fix it. Like you know, you'll just kind of trust, and they're like, yep. And it's like, and you're not gonna know till it's over. You, they huh. said a lot of times people will see, will start to see improvement in week four, but that wasn't the case for me. But they're like, okay, well, we still we go to the end, and it was like. And by the end, they're just sweating. They're like, uh, well, uh, uh, maybe a month afterwards. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I just, everything you're describing, I very much relate to that feeling and what it is to just be going when you're like, oh, I was never enjoying it. Like, I, and I, but then also for a while didn't know, because I think another thing for me too, I'm like, well, what does good look like? Right? The whole time I'm right. doing this, I'm like, what is the change? What am I looking for? Because I actually don't quite know, especially because in some ways, you know, me yelling and being angry all the time makes people laugh. So it's like kind of not bad, you know, sometimes-ish where I go, yeah, is this just the way on. I look at things? But sometimes I go, is this just the way I look at things? But see, I don't... I don't know. But, well, that's a different matter. Like, it's... It, it's such a funny because you do it just like it sounds like depression brain, even the logic of what you just said, because it's like you're like, what it, it's and I have and I do the same thing because it's like, well, hold on a second. You feel depressed. You wonder what it like would be like to not be depressed, but you also worry that not being depressed might make it so that you don't have some of these parts of yourself that you like. But you wouldn't be depressed, which would mean it would be worth the trade-off because you wouldn't be depressed, which presumably would be a better way to live than being depressed while having these qualities that are in some way beneficial. But you can't appreciate what it would be like to be without those qualities because you're depressed. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, okay, Dr. Lovett. Okay, you'll get your copay <laughs> I'm just thinking about it. I'm just thinking, well, I do the same exact thing. I do the same exact thing. I mean, like, I, yes, I, you know, I think there's those, there are those, um, those studies that show like some huge percentage of people believe that they're above average drivers and which obviously can't be true. Uh, <laughs> Especially not in Los Angeles. And huh, huh. But <laughs> all, but, but like there are also those studies that look at self-evaluation and it is unfortunate, but also true that um, depressed people have a more accurate understanding of their own abilities. And you can see how, look, in this, in a in a group of people, some of them throw out everything that comes through their front door. Some of them are hoarders. Some people are, you know, there's different levels of sexuality. There's different levels of different ways of expressing gender. There would surely be different, like that. Like there's some advance. Like, of course, there's people that come at the world in a more pessimistic way and some people who naturally come at the world in a more optimistic way. And there's clearly value in both of those ways of seeing the world. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, but now that you're doing therapy, like has this changed dramatically or is it just that you have a better understanding of where you were that you're like, Oh, I've been depressed the entire time. So I think, um, I, I think that that a few things, I think it's a little, was a little bit overdetermined. Um, so I don't know which, where, I don't know which variable 
deserves the credit. I think therapy is a big part of it. Also, I think I was relying on edibles like to uh, an inc- just too much. Mm-hmm. And especially during the pandemic, it got to the point where I would basically like have one before dinner and then have one after dinner so that I was stoned when I was asleep, which meant basically I was stoned in a little bit in the morning and basically every night and every weekend. And it, and I think it was a way for me to mitigate the depression I was clearly in and also just avoid facing certain feelings that I didn't want to face uh, on a bunch of different levels. And so I I really, at this point, I, I have no idea. It was a virtuous circle. So the pandemic started um, unclenching a... And we started being able to like go to restaurants and go out a bit more and go to just see the world a bit more. There was those there were those months between the vaccine and the realization that there were breakthroughs where we were all kind of like Yep. It yeah. was it was that was a fun was, summer. Um, <laughs> that was a fun yeah. summer. Yeah. Our yes. last fun summer, yeah. And yeah. I think that that really helped. I think I started feeling better, maybe just because of circumstance, which led me to start cutting back on how many edibles I was taking, which I think helped improve my mood. I started talking to this therapist. I started, I think, being less stoned, which I find for me, I think one of the ways in which, like, alcohol is obviously a more dangerous drug (laughs) than marijuana, but marijuana in its own way can be very dangerous, not in the sense, (laughs) not not in the ways it causes these sort of, like, in, in a more subtle way. And in one way, for me, I think I think what marijuana does is it makes you and your life separate. Hmm. That you're inside of your life and you're worried about it and you're anxious about it. But if you take an edible, all of a sudden you're over here and your life is over here. And you can look at it and go like, boy, there's some problems you're going to have to deal with tomorrow. But thank God that's not us right now. We're over here. Your life's over there. And if you do that, and so it's there's an email you need to respond to. There's a problem in your relationship. There's a an anxiety or jealousy or fear that you have not been dealing with, all of it, you can just kick it to tomorrow. But if you take edibles every single day, you kick it every single day to the next day and they just pile up and you never address them. And so I think I started realizing that there were all these aspects of my life that I was not happy in and I needed to address and I started addressing them. Mm -hmm. And so I think therapy helped me do that, cutting the edibles, the kind of the slow reopening of this is all of, of, of life. Like all of that kind of started feeding each other. And was this led to this moment where all of a sudden I felt different than I had felt maybe ever. Mm-hmm. And that gave me a confidence that allowed me to make, to be allowed me to be open to other changes that needed to happen. Right, 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 right. Okay, Andy, I think we done got the backstory, sis. We done got the backstory. We have borne witness. We have heard of a transformation now. Yeah. John, are you ready to answer some people's questions? Because you know people sure. come to us now. And they need, and you know, this is why we ask you these questions. It's in parts like let people need to know where you're at, right? When you come in giving them the what for. Yeah. Is this <laughs> okay? We, is this is this a good episode? 
I think so. Yeah. What are you worried? What I you, know because I said uh, I yeah. hope he don't backpedal and get worried because I said this is what the people, especially our listeners, they appreciate. Again, we say okay. open heart, loose butt. You know what and, I mean? And that's the assignment. Hey, and I'm all listen. I came here to open hearts and loosen butts, <laughs> and I'm all out of butts. <laughs> or something. <laughs> there it is. All right, we'll be right back after this. 
Well, it depends on how much time you have. We 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 have we like to do at least two. Two, but it's it's but your you know, call. You've got Here's a hard my out feeling. Yeah. I want to end easy, but I'm happy to start easy. But I think we need to. The most important thing is we should end easy. Great. Let's well, have let's... some. Let's have some fun before we hit the road. I leave the rest up to you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. start with here. This is a voicemail. Hi, Naomi and Andy. Uh, my name is also Andy. Uh, sorry, I'm a little bit nervous because I love this show and I love you guys. Um, so. I'm calling to discuss a quote-unquote friendship that I've been in for a few years now um, with someone I will call Eric. Um, he is a very destructive person. <laughs> he has a lot of bad habits that I don't enjoy. He has a tendency to talk at you, not to you, for one. Um, he does not respect anyone's time, really. He does this to me and a few other common friends. Um, messages us like i'm not kidding dozens of times per day uh via text <laughs> via phone calls randomly at as late as 3 a.m uh, sometimes for as like minor things as discussing a short film that he saw uh and, and none of this is really the negative well that is wow. negative but but i feel like the worst part is that i don't feel anything in common with eric um we I am getting the feeling that I'm only friends with this person because I pity them. And this sounds bad, but, you know, he's, Eric is someone who came from an abusive childhood, um, a very, like, conflict-heavy home. Um, he has a lot of very serious mental health issues. Um, he has committed acts of self-harm in the five years that I've known him. And so I, I think you may see where this is going. The only reason I feel like I stay in touch with this person and respond to their several messages per day and occasional phone calls is that I don't want to be responsible for their declining mental health because I know that they, at least they claim that they care about me, even though they don't illustrate behavior, you know, reflecting that. But I, yeah, I'm just sort of nervous about how this could possibly go. Um, what do I do in an instance like this? You know, I, I I don't feel like Eric actually really even knows me that well because we only talk about him and his mental health and his uh. needs. Um, and while he is really unaware of mine and, and considerate of mine, I don't enjoy this person. What do I do? Um, how do I proceed? And should I feel guilty? You know, it's sort of a hashtag, I, am I the asshole? Um, should I feel guilty about ending this? friendships uh anyway would love to hear both your thoughts and i love this sense. bye oh and bye to a team that's well. uh all right thorny moral situation i suppose right? well i'm not sure love it first thoughts i think dear caller gives away the game a little bit by saying at the end uh do i need to feel guilty which is a silly question to ask because A, you recorded the message in such a way that leaves us to want to say, of course you need to set a boundary. Of course it is not your job to be this person's everything or available in these ways. Like, of course, and you know that. You know mm -hmm. that in how you left the message. Mm -hmm. So you really know already that you should be able to set a boundary. Like, I don't, like, just even the language in that call as someone who has thought about boundaries and 
what he's getting and not giving and all the rest. So my first reaction is like, what, what are you really asking? Hmm. Because you seem to already know, you seem to want to hear someone confirm that you can disentangle yourself from this person without feeling guilty for what comes next. However, I don't, that is not permission that other people can give you, especially with this little information. And so what I am left wondering is less, what does this person do now, though that's obviously important, and more, how did it get to the point where this relationship with someone you claim doesn't even know you has so few boundaries with you? Mm, Okay, wow. (laughs) Okay, wow. Okay, that's... It is interesting, former guest Emily V. Gordon, former therapist, now Hollywood writer and producer, (laughs) said, (laughs) she said... To, that sometimes when she was a therapist, people would come to her for absolution. That's yeah. what they wanted. They wanted yeah. just permission to do this thing. Right. And that it was right. okay. And that seems like, because I didn't catch that, but when you said, but you saying that, like, they asked, should I feel guilty? Not, I do feel guilty, but should I feel guilty over this? That to me is like, hey, just tell me that it's okay for me to, like, drop this bum. Yeah. And not have to deal with the repercussions in some way. But at the same time, what do we when we say deal with repercussions? I think this is the guilt over. What if this person? So, what if 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 something happens to this person, and now I'm going to feel guilty because you're going to feel it, but it's not going to be your fault. True, but that doesn't matter. Okay, that doesn't matter to me. Like Mm -hmm. when here's what I think when I hear that, which is like, okay, clearly you are worried that this person is going to is in is in some kind of bad shape. And you're worried that if you aren't available the way they need you to be available right now, that somehow you will contribute to an awful outcome of some kind or another. That is a kind of whatever fear that you have. Mm -hmm. Okay. It seems like you have that fear because you have a legitimate concern for this person. But not so much of a concern that you're willing to entertain what it would be like to figure out how to set the boundaries that are good enough for you to I find see. a way to have this person in your life. Now, I don't know if that's the right thing to do or not because there's not enough information here. Right. Of you haven't course. said if you tried, right? And, but but that's to me why I come back to how did this get to this place? Because uh, we don't let's like from this other person Eric's point of view. Eric seems to have these kind of you know he, he I believe Andy mentioned having other friends with whom this person does the same kind mm-hmm. of thing. So this person, there are people that for for reasons that are sad maybe didn't learn exactly the right level for how to engage with friends right. in a way that is not burning too hot and quick, you know? Yeah. And so, like, what do we owe someone who's not respecting a boundary that hasn't been set? I, I think you owe a little something. Now, mm. maybe it's not worth it, and maybe there's other details that we don't have, but it doesn't sound like Eric has had any kind of converse. Andy has had any kind of conversation with this person, Eric, about the ways in which this kind of friendship is not working for them. Right. Right, 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 right. So I, I just don't, I don't know. No, That's I agree reaction. with that. I think I agree. I, I understand what you're saying because I think, you know, my impulse was definitely like, you know, you've got to say, hey, like, I mean, I don't even, must, it's like where it's like, hey, dude, you, you can't call me after 11 p.m. or like, hey, um, I'm not available at these times. Because I guess what I wonder is in these moments when you're saying, oh, he texts a lot and then calls, when you, when you don't engage, are you getting pushback? 
You know what I mean? Like, is this a person right. who's coming at you being like, where are you? Or fuck you then? Or you're not helping me? Right. It, and because and like, there's some people whose attitude is, I, I'll call. Your phone's not on. Do not disturb. Maybe you're around. Maybe you're not. If you don't want to answer, don't answer. If you don't want to hear the ring, put it on silent. You don't have to text. I have friends that are texting back and forth all day. The text will pile up. You get to them later, if at all. That's yeah. called love. Right. <laughs> That's called love in this modern era. <laughs> That's very true. Andy's definitely like a few day a- Andy Beckerman host, not Andy. This um, yes, caller. I will. Yeah, he will not. I'll, I'll save up all my texts, and then one morning, I'll sit there and I'll answer all of them. I'll answer all of my DMs on Instagram, <laughs> yeah. and then I'm like, okay, good. I've because it's just too much to like. Like if I'm in the middle, I'm doing like a million things a day. I can't just stop writing or doing chores or whatever to answer a text right then. It, it's texting. Uh, there are only two guys, there is only two moments in which it is appropriate to respond to a text now or never. And <laughs> it is a frustrating medium for that reason. Yep. It, it demands you, it, it, there's no, it, there's, there's just, there's no keeping up. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Well, that will, that brings us into another question, but yeah. Um, but like this for, for, yeah, for Andy, I would say I, I agree with love Andy, the caller. Yes. I you're think, not talking to me. No, you're doing great, sweetie. Thank you. Just keep doing what you're doing. Thank you. Um, Fill in that void, please. <laughs> but I was like, you, I was like, I'm like, yes. This is somebody you've been friends with for five years, and I can hear in your voice, like, this is a question. It's like, do you you care about them, or is it one of those things where it's like you don't want to be mean? Oh, and those are two very different things. Yeah. A lot of times, like, can you, are you just like, I don't want anybody to be mad at me? That's different. Right, that's or, why. That's why. That's why when the question is, you know, basically about feeling guilty, it's like we're. That's a, that's, um, that's a response. That's how do I stop myself from feeling something in response to a response to my actions? Right. Which is a lot, a lot of steps to go before we've got to how you got there and what you could do to change it. That's yeah. True. You shouldn't feel guilty for like, if you do actively do something to hurt someone or absent, even absent mindedly, Right. right, negligence. You, through negligence, you hurt someone. Yeah, sure. There's where the feeling of guilt is useful for correcting your behavior. And obviously more people in our culture should be feeling that than they are. However, this seems to me, and especially for someone who's not a good friend, like, again, I think the caller is just trying to, like, please absolve me so that when I when I start ghosting this person, right. If something bad happens, I can be like, well, you know, Andy, Naomi and John said it was okay. So <laughs> I guess it's, I guess I'm cool. Also, I'll never tell you to ghost somebody. I mean, I think again, it's cause I, well, I know I'm not no, saying no, of that, course, but I'm saying, but I'm that, saying like, in general, no, cause I, cause I get, cause I think again, what love it is said, there's a middle ground to this where it's like, have you had a conversation where you set your boundaries for how to make this a pleasant friendship or even saying when, when Eric is yammering on, do you want to know how my day was? Do you know what I mean? Like you could totally like make it a joke or call it out in that moment and course correct. And then if you don't get the response you want, then it's like, hey, yeah, I'm not available, you know, wishing you well. And it's like, gotta leave it at that. And then you're you're done. I don't know. Let's get to the next question. All right. Because All right. John Lovett has places to be, honey. All right. All right. This one, Naomi, do you want to read this? This is from Hollis from I'll uh, take Instagram it. direct message. This is a okay. Is, we asked our audience for some f- more fun ones. Well, okay, or some well light, but listen. Okay, <laughs> light. 
Hey, Andy, Naomi, an illustrious guest. Ain't that the truth? Illustrious. Love the pod. You requested lighter questions, so here's one for you. My name is Hollis, and I use they, them pronouns. We needed some lighter ones because we could be in thorny situations all the time. Yeah. And so we had to we had to put out a call, say, guys, come on. We're unlicensed. We can't handle the heaviest of the heavy at every turn. Okay. Here's the question. When and how should I leave the group chat? Okay, we love a log line. Here's the context. Almost exactly one year ago, I moved from Alabama to the Twin Cities for reasons I'm sure are obvious. Cough, cough, white Christian nationalist fascism is scary when you're trans in the South. Cough, cough. But we're keeping this light, right? (laughs) Hollis, thank you. I moved by myself, leaving behind family and a big group of friends. Said group of friends all engage in a ridiculously large group chat. I still check in every few weeks to see what's been happening, but I'm less and less interested as time passes, and sometimes it just gives me major FOMO. The chat is muted, but I still see the notifications that things are happening when I open the app to chat with others. I'm still in regular contact with a handful of these friends, aka the ones that matter, through smaller group chats and occasional phone calls. I'm incredibly happy with where I've ended up, I'm in a better place mentally and emotionally, and I'm committed to my new home. After a year, I'm ready to leave the group chat and just keep in contact with the ones that matter. But I can't help feeling like it'll be seen as an FU to some people in the big chat. Okay, multiple chats. Or at the very least, I should say something before I close the door on all that. I'm also open to suggestions or the funniest thing I could say right before I leave the chat. I don't know, but I'd love to hear your thoughts. Thanks for all y'all do. Help me make it through my first Minnesota winter with my sanity intact. Oof. Well, you know, I'm more, I, I detest a group chat. She, oh my God, when someone texts both of us at the same time, Naomi loses it. And I then, leave. And I then go, I'm side leaves texting. And then just text that person oh, that, on their own. By the way, that I hope they zap that out of your brain because that sucks. <laughs> what? But if it's like, if you're texting this, me and Andy, it's like, but that is Andy so doesn't annoying. need to know. Yeah, that is so annoying. Let me t- And let me tell you why. Tell me. Especially because sometimes, so if, if somebody has texted you two, as a unit, yes, which is what you are, at least I thought until I joined today. Even if it's something like, even if it's if it's logistical, you're absolutely unequivocally in the wrong because there is nothing more frustrating well, to the sure. other person in the chat yes. for someone to say, yes, we'll be there at eight on a side chat. But even if it is emotional, I believe that that in a group chat in which there is a couple, and I'm not, the, the, the listeners know you're a couple. <laughs> yes, they're aware. they're aware. I'm not crossing a boundary. <laughs> no, 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 we're public about it now. You're public, you're pub- you've gone public about it. You've, you've broken, you've broken the, the velvet closet or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we put it in deadline. You put it in deadline. That the, if let's, so let's say somebody, like, if you are on a group text with a friend and Andy says, happy birthday, we love you to that friend. That's from you too. Yes, That's absolutely. a message from you as well. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm on board. So what's the part that you're... <laughs> Where like, for instance, like if, if someone sends us both information and not logistics, I think logistics, of course, you stay on the same thing. So you've seen the same information and you're on the same page. But if it's like someone's going to like generate a conversation and we're friends... I want to have a conversation with you now. Like we're kind of now starting a text thread. Mm-hmm. And you don't need to hear every thought in my damn head all the time. Okay. <laughs> so it's to save me? Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Because right. it's like, we talked all the time. We're in the house together all the time. I can't even have some texts that you don't see. <laughs> Good Lord. Right, 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 right. But what if he, what if he wanted to have, so let's say, let's say someone, uh, let's say someone texts the two of you, hey, uh, have you seen this film Barbie? And Naomi, you want to talk about Barbie. And so you side chat and you yep. start a Barbie conversation. But yep. Andy thinks that, that Andy replies all, yeah, loved it. Now, maybe Andy would have had a great time having a chit-chat about Barbie, but you've chosen for him that he can't be a part of it, even though the friend who initiated the, in- the conversation welcomed Andy to be part of it yeah. because it was a group chat. That's what I don't understand. Yeah, shamer, shamer, <laughs> do it. <laughs> but I get it, but I get it, I get it. I'm being, you know what I'm being? I'm being, um, I'm being um, um, ornery. I'm being <laughs> yeah, persnickety. Yep. I'm being yep. uh, combative. <laughs> I, you know what? I'll take it because no one said anything to me, but that doesn't mean that they don't have problems with it. I think it's just for me because I feel like we are so enmeshed in so many ways that like, I'm like, because if you ask me about Barbie, Andy already know what I think about Barbie. He don't now need to read a bunch of texts with me yelling about Barbie. You're rebelling. You've put me in the place of your parent because no. we are enmeshed Whoa. so much that now we're getting to the real stuff. That okay. you're trying to find, you are trying to refine your identity as a single person, as a singular person, <sighs> singular, not a person, as as yourself. And in doing that, you're pushing back against me, which I get. I see it. We're and I we think are, this is, we we are in the house lot to, together. I think lot. this is, and honestly, I think this is a great place to pick up next week. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, because quick! I think Holly. We're really getting, I, I just don't want us to forget. This is where I want to this start where next we get. week because I think we're getting to some good stuff here. Now, quickly though, how how should Hollis exit this massive group chat? Oh, I, here's here's um, I I think Hollis's instinct is a good one. So I think there's two possibilities. I think both have their merits. I think um, one would just be to I think it is important if you're going to leave a big group chat to not do it in the midst of a a, a kind of um a storm of talking. Because mm-hmm. it looks like you're leaving because of it. Mm-hmm. I think like it's always nice to wait for a lull of a few days even. Mm-hmm. As if the chat has run its course and then, and then French exit, as it were. Oh. Okay. But that is one option. But what I, I actually appreciate Hollis's concern that they are going to send a message they don't want to send. And I actually think it is very sweet that the reason is FOMO. And so I think it would be a totally fine thing to say to that group chat, hey, everybody, Hollis here, uh, love, love you all. I, have, I, I so enjoy keeping up with everybody, but this, fo- this, this group chat gives me too much FOMO. Uh, so um, I'm going to step out of it, but you will always, but, 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 not, but, but it's only because I miss you too much. Tell people my story. Tell people <laughs> I love to laugh. Get out. Okay, wow. speechwriter, speechwriter. Wow. Love it said, let me write the speech. Love it said, I can't stop. I can't stop. No matter what. Hollis, you got lucky we had love it for this question because I would have said, get out immediately <laughs> during a storm. <laughs> I would have been like, tell them you're done with this. <laughs> this was offensive. I'm gone. Exactly. And then, like, you know the what chats, I, I, to me, the some of the chats that have been in my life been the hardest to extricate from have been um, ad hoc groups that have formed around like bachelor parties or bachelorette mm. weekends or wedding groups or 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 like you're with you know you, it's like two groups that haven't traveled together or traveling together a group chat starts a 
a private joke, yes. an inside joke develops, oh, no. and then someone on the chat calls it back months later, and everyone's laughing about that old <laughs> joke about the can of soup because they saw the same can of soup. <laughs> and I just like get me the fuck out of this. Yes, yeah, I am out. I oh, say my. no, thank you to this. Absolutely. I didn't laugh the first time. <laughs> 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 well, we had like a family, there's like a family group chat that sort of, I got into around our wedding, like my extended family. And it was around me and Andy's wedding, obviously, as people were talking about traveling. And then like, but then my mom, my mom was like, you don't want to be in the chat, do you? I go, no, because I keep, you know, I keep seeing stuff. And then I, I'm not involved. I don't know what that conversation is. But then also, the little kids are in the chat. There's like an How 11 old? year old. An 11-year-old in the family chat. I said, I'm not talking to an 11-year-old. And when Naomi texts, she says the filthiest <laughs> shit in the world. Yeah, no, so it's it's horrible. It's just yeah. awful. It's <laughs> just as vulgar as vulgar as you could imagine. <laughs> was, that, like, was that Ed Meese thing? He's like, I know pornography when I see it. Well, this, I mean, this counts. The but way I she texts. Just like, sometimes it's a lot. But no, I think you're right. I think you were right, love it. Especially to use that FOMO. Like, you know, you guys, it's, you know, I'm missing y'all in a Minnesota winter. I can't hear all the Alabama fun. I'll just see y'all next Christmas or whatever it is, you know. And, or just like, I'm going to have to get the chat. Keep me updated. You know, whatever it is. You wrote it best. Play it back, Hollis. Rewind. Play it back. <laughs> type it up. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> or you can just say, I'm done with Alabama and everything in that state. <laughs> see yeah. ya. Yeah, adios, you backwoods freaks. Yeah. <laughs> if you need me, I'll be eating a cheese curd and cursing every one of your goddamn names. Enjoy okay, not having enjoy not having a professional f- sports team. Yeah. Catch you on the flip side. Yeah. Yeah. Where's your sports team, Mobile? Mobile. Yeah. Mobile. Wait, Mobile. He didn't even know. He yeah. said he's a Mobile. It's like okay. I, I did go into my head and be like, "What's a city in Alabama?" Yes, Mobile's a place. Mm-hmm. Mobile with no sports team. Oh. John Lovett. Yeah, John. John Lovett. John. Yes. John Lovett. John. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for joining us here today. Thanks for having me. How'd you feel Bye. taking the I, journey into your mind? You know, it, this was um. I don't know. I don't know when this comes out, and we've obviously not broached. Like this was a week. I feel like I came to this this sesh with my emotions just behind my eyes. But it did lead me to just come in and um, uh, just sort of lay it all out. I think that I was thirty. I think I was at least forty percent more open than I would have been if I hadn't <laughs> done this on a week of a global confrontation. You know, what right. I, mean? I think that it changed my whole mindset. You yes. know, make you know. Let's let's just tell the truth. Let's just tell about the truth. how we're feeling. Sometimes we have to. We have to. And I think people. I mean, again, it resonated with me. Like you have no idea. Yeah, for so, sure. So, and huh. I think it's so. Trust me, I know. It always it can feel different than normal, but I'm like I'm telling you, I'm telling you, sis, you have touched lives. You have changed right. hearts and minds. Right. Yeah, for sure. Okay, right. I'm gonna tell sure. you. Hearts and uh, minds. Well, <laughs> this was it was great to see you both, and um, you know what? Listen. I don't care if your listeners hear this. I want to get dinner with the two of you. Ah! That's legally binding. That's my dream. That's all <laughs> it's I want out of this. It's legal. It's and it's and it's of course legally binding. Yeah. You have an option, but it's not my option. <laughs> That's how this contract works. You're you get to option the dinner, but if you want it, I gotta go. Yep. That's I'm gonna start cool a group text with all of us and our lawyer oh, yeah. to oh, make sure that yeah. yeah. it's legally all right. binding. All right, you guys. See, see you, see you next, next week.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com